This is CliffCentral.com. Fear's a powerful thing. I mean, it's got a lot of firepower. If you can figure out a way to wrestle that fear, to push you from behind rather than stand in front of you, that's very powerful. I have agreed. Multiplying leadership, moving society the millennial way. You don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Tao. See, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. Youth Leadership Platform. All right, welcome to another exciting episode of the Youth Leadership Platform right here on Cliff Central with your host, Bongani Dao. Follow the conversation on at Simply Bongani across all social media, at YLP Cliff Central on Twitter, Instagram, and Youth Leadership Platform on Facebook. Today we engage the cast of Ingleba, and we actually talk about the backlash that the movie has received, being one of those movies locally produced that has won more awards than literally any movie that has been produced in South Africa. Longer And this is what the director, John Trengove, had to say in an interview that I had with him on the line from Brazil. Hey, Bongani. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks thanks a lot for, for, for chilling with us uh, at the Youth Leadership Platform. So kind of give us an, an, an overview of Inleaba um, and pretty much the subject of, of conversation today. Well, I mean, you know, the film um, just very broadly is about a, is about a, a, a love story really between two men um, uh, two guys who are taking care of uh, initiates while they go uh, through their their initiation on the mountain um, but the the intention of the film um, started you know when we were having very early conversations about making a, you know a gay South African film at that stage um, we were quite disturbed by the representations of, of gay characters in films and, and, and we felt that um, really the thing that we weren't seeing was uh, authentic representations of a very important sector of our, of our community. Um, and that started this five-year process of, uh, of researching in Teneba um, and coming to the point where we were able to tell the experience of, of gay men on the mountain. And who were some of the key people to contribute in this research and pretty much putting the whole movie together and the production? Well, I think, you know, this is an important question. Um, the film really is a collaboration between um, many different people, um, but mostly Tosa uh, men. So so it started with, you know, um, a conversation between myself and Batana Wundler, who is, uh, who is uh, a Tosa man, a gay Tosa man, um, and about his own complicated relationship with, with the initiation. And from there, we spoke to, uh, to many other gay men. We had informal conversations at first um, about about their experiences on the mountain and also uh, stories that they had heard and and these conversations led to more conversations as 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 you know the as the um, research continued um, it then it then 
you know, it took an important turn where I met uh, Tando Kolozana. He's a, um, he's a, you know, an important novelist in South Africa. He's also, of course, a man who's been through the initiation himself. Yes. Um, and the, the, the script that we, the script that became the feature film was really developed, uh, in consultation with him. Uh, we would, t- we would take a lot of our story ideas and, and he would filter them through his own experiences and make suggestions. Um, and then there was obviously Malusi Bengu, who, uh, who I think is joining you in the studio. Um, who was absolutely instrumental in, in uh, I think, writing the first draft of the screenplay um, and also for, for periods of, of our research. Um, so, and then, and then finally to say that, that this collaboration continued when we started casting. Uh, every single person in the film is a, a first language Tosa uh, speaker. Okay. Everybody... Everybody in the film has uh, first-hand experience of the initiation. They've actually been through it themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we were casting the film, um, it was also important for some of our actors, particularly our lead actors, to bring some of their own experiences um, on board, their own, ide- their own ideas into the story. Um, and so I would say that the, the film was also a collaboration with the cast. Hmm. With when 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 developing the movie with with those different uh, people, what what are some of the things that you feel as a nation that that are represented in the movie that are causing such a stir in 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 the South African public, and and are you at all surprised by the reception of the movie itself? No, I mean, I think, you know, let's start there. I think obviously, you know, having um, spent the last five years developing and making this film, um, we were absolutely um, anticipating the the strong reactions um, that it has provoked. Um, but I think it's worth uh, unpacking that a little bit because there is a, there's a narrative that is um, circulating about the film, which is that it is exposing secrets about the initiation. Yes. Um, this is completely false. Um, uh, and anybody, uh, particularly uh, closer men who, who watch the film, uh, will probably be able to attest to this. That the film um, only shows a very small portion of the experience of the mountain. Um, and, and what it does show is nothing that, that isn't already in the public domain. Uh, you know, ever since Nelson Mandela wrote his autobiography, um, uh, you know, more than 20 years ago, yes. um, uh, there is there is a fair amount about what happens on the mountain that is generally known, um, and the film doesn't uh, transgress those boundaries. Mm. So it's a complete it's a complete misnomer to say that the film is exposing these things, and and that really prompts the question: Well, why are people using this as an excuse um, for the outrage that's directed at Inkleba? Um Now, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of speculation that that the outrage is is really about a kind of um, homophobic uh, as is sort of homophobic in nature um, that the film dares to um, speak about uh, the experiences of gay men uh, on the mountain yes. and that it suggests and that it suggests that uh, sex between men happens in these spaces um, again all I can say to that is that um, you know gay sex happens everywhere in the world yes. um, and and our story is based on um, real tangible research and testimonials um, of people who have been to the mountain this is not to say that it happens everywhere every time the initiation is performed but we do believe that there is a very plausible foundation for the love story that is at the center of the film and and you know watching the film last night um, that that's that's what i that's those are some of the sentiments that i that i felt about the movie that it was more so about the narrative behind what happens at uh, initiation school and mostly with what happened between the two initiation uh, teachers um, that love affair that's forbidden so to speak um, in, in, in the culture itself um, Because a lot of people Talk about that That Why did you have to include Homosexuality When you know Delving into the narrative of what happens At initiation school Which I think they're missing the point Of what was going on in the movie Do you share sentiments on that? 
Yeah, I think there's so many more interesting conversations that we could be having about this film. You know, I think the reason why the initiation was important to the story is because the initiation is a space where boys are taught what it means to be a man. And that is what goes, that is what is at the heart of of this narrative. Hmm. Here you have a character who is teaching uh, a boy about manhood, but he himself is questioning (laughs) ideas about his own masculinity and, and what it means to be a man. And really the, the irony of the story is that it is the, the, the so-called teacher um, who is the real initiate of the story. Yes. He is the one who is coming to a place where he has to assert who he is and figure out what he stands for as a man. Hmm. So, so that's why the idea of the initiation is so central to, um, to Intheba, even though the, the specific details and so-called secrets of the initiation um, are completely irrele- irrelevant to the narrative and don't actually feature. Hmm. And, you, you know, I, I love um, how the, the, that metaphor is extended throughout the, the film because there's points in time where the initiate, um, the, main, the, the main guy in, in, in the story, asks the teacher and, and, and actually says to him, I know who you are. And you know who you are, but you do not want to come out and live fully and be free about who you are and be a man. You know, I, I love when he, when he particularly uses those words, be a man and live to your true self and being homosexual, that is. And, you know, when you, when you, when you think about uh, the contrast between him saying that and using the word man, and the other, uh, the teacher himself, saying that's not being manly. Being homosexual is not being manly. Yeah, you know, and I, I think, you know, there's something else that I, that I think was very important to us when we were writing the story. And that is, you know, we're not here to, to uh, you know, jump on a soapbox and wave a flag and, and insist that, um, that uh, you know, individual, uh, um, the, you know, the rights of the individual are the most important thing. We, we, we really wanted to pay tribute to the importance of cultural identity. And, and mm-hmm. for, that reason, for that reason, you know, Kwanda, when he speaks all of these things to, to Polani, there is a certain aggression in the way in which he insists on transparency at all costs. And obviously, without giving any spoilers, um, you know, that, that is something that leads to some dev- devastating consequences in the film. But, but really, you know, in the character of Trelawney, you know, we, we wanted to really uh, represent this conflict between something that is so personal to him um, that is at conflict with uh, something else that is very important to him, which is his cultural identity. Hmm. And, and, and do you feel that that's what's at play a lot in, in, in modern society? That we're saying one thing, but in, in, in actual fact, what our lives portray is, is something di- totally different from, from what we say? I think, you know, I think the thing that is resonating with what is happening in, in our society, and, and, and really this is why the film has found such strong resonance internationally, is, is everywhere we are dealing with the failure of masculinity. Yes. Um, in the case of the wound, particularly the failure of traditional masculinity, hmm. that we are having to own up to some very painful truths, which is that um, the way in which uh, boys are taught to be men is leading to all sorts of crises and problems um, in in the world at large. Mm. And so the story about Nkleba is not just about what happens in initiation schools, yes. but it really kind of asks us to think about what um, what are we teaching these young men and what are the consequences in the outside world? I think that is the final question that the film um, leaves us with. Uh, so I think that is something that is that is really universal, and and like we know, you know, we hear stories about Harvey Weinstein and and uh, you know the kind of sexual predators in Hollywood and yes. uh, you know, all, all sorts of crises. You know, the the rise of the of the you know uh, neo Nazis in America and and Donald Trump, and all of these things point to a crisis in masculinity, um, and this is something that we're facing um, at home as well, um, and and really that is that is the that's the real nerve that. In- is is tapping into, and I, I believe that that is the real reason for for the outcry uh, and and the sort of uh, criticism that is directed at the film. So, so it's safe to infer that actually, in labor, the wound is in the teaching of masculinity 
more than it is about the initiation school. Because as men, seeing the drastic acts and, and horrifying acts, um, actions of, 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 of a lot of men that are happening um, internationally, it's, we are literally bleeding as a species of men because of such actions which result from that poor teaching that we get. Yeah, I think as men, you know, so many of us walk around with internal wounds that, that never quite heal. Uh, you know, we, we are presented with this impossible uh, masculine ideal, this idea of this is how a real man behaves and feeling, uh, and this is not just gay men, I think this is most men, feeling inadequate uh, in relation to that and, and having to carry that inadequacy around as some sort of dirty um, secret. And then, of course, there's the societal wound. There is the, the, the wound that that inflicts on, on our society at large. So, so yeah, you know, the wound is obviously, a, uh, it's an idea that op- operates on, on, on different levels. And, and with, with, with this wound that, that we have, um, you know, a, a question that, that comes to mind is, how, how do we dress this wound and heal from it without, you, you know, what's happening around the world is men are just told to be, animals and they just told to be vicious so and 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 that does not begin to resolve the problem that we have about masculinity because it's just branding this gender to be a certain way instead of moving towards a solution what what do you think or how how should we be trying to address this in society well, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, far be it from me to, to kind of, um, lay out a, a solution for, for society at large. I think, you know, as an artist, I'm just, uh, I'm interested in, um, you know, what, what are these sore points and really just trying to kind of bring them into the light as authentically as I can. I think by just beginning to, um, own up to what is going on, um, that is already, uh, um, you know, the beginning of the healing process. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, 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 um, there's been a few very interesting screenings of the film, but, but, you know, on more than one occasion, um, you know, straight men have, have come up to me after the screening and said, you know, this, this might as well be my experience. I also mm. feel like I, mm. I, I also feel like I'm inadequate in the face of some sort of masculine ideal. Mm. I'm also made to feel as if I fall short of what a real man is supposed to be. So I think, you know, there's something amazing about that, that dialogue, realizing that we are not, um, alone in these feelings, mm. um, realizing that this is something that is that is big, you know, that is that is big and that is affecting everybody, and and just sort of owning up to these these very simple but very uncomfortable realities, I think um, is is the beginning. It's the beginning of healing. Wow. Well, th- thanks a lot, uh, and thank you very much for for beautiful artistry. When, when I saw the movie, I really, really enjoyed how you shot um, everything and how you told the narrative more so with how you shot the film more than what happened between um, the dialogues. I think it was it was fascinating to 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 watch and the humor. I think people forget to talk about the humor in in, in between um, the interaction between the different characters and how as, as as a black nation we can actually be educated about a very serious subject but at the same time find a place for humor which proves to be a very instrumental and efficient tool to address concerns yeah you know that i think that's such a great point uh you know we 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 obviously screened the film to a lot of international audiences before we had our first opportunity to screen it back home and you know we were obviously very nervous when we had our first screening in durban we had no idea how people would react we didn't know if they would you know you know outrage or walkouts or what you know what the reaction would be yes and then you know within the first you know five or ten minutes of that screening the laughter started yeah and it was literally the first time that we'd sat in a screening of the film where people were just laughing and laughing and <laughs> laughing and, and that was you know that was the most amazing gift to yes. to receive from a local audience you know this idea that that actually if you're a, a closer speaker that there is an added layer of meaning 
uh, in the film um, that you get that a, that an international audience doesn't necessarily understand. Yes. Um, so that so that I think is was was very rewarding for us. And then and then as you say, this this ability that we have as South Africans to laugh at ourselves um, in uh, under under painful and uncomfortable circumstances. Yes. Um, I think that's a real testament to who we are as a nation. Mm. L- lastly, uh, I'd love to find out 19 plus awards later. Yes, from the I, movie. I, what, what, what do you anticipate? But I got something, something around, something around there. Yeah. yeah. Is 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 this one of those uh, projects and, and productions that you've put your time and effort in, and actually, you know, received a, a sense of fulfillment with the achievements that you've gotten out of it? Yeah, I, you know, really, this is, um, you know, all, all the kudos goes to this amazing team of people that, that helped to make this film. I think, you know, we were this band of outsiders. We stood up against huge amounts of, of criticism and people telling us that this was a bad idea. Um, and we, you know, we, we made the film in the face of all of that um, uh, resistance. And so it's for the film to be awarded like this is, uh, is, is, is extraordinary. You know, we, we worked really hard and it's, and it's really humbling um, that there are that there are people out there who are prepared to to acknowledge um, what this what this film is. Yes. So, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing. And uh, and again, all the glory goes to to the cast and to the collaborators of Incredible. It's interesting how a lot of focus um, is moving uh, towards Africa, and and they want us to tell our stories because everyone is interested in what goes on in Africa. So what kind of message would you send to an artist like yourself that wants to tell an African story and a narrative that might be just as uncomfortable as it is um, to receive, like in labor for some people? Well, I think that, you know... Hopefully, you know, the lesson for me and maybe for other, you know, uh, local filmmakers is that, you know, making difficult films isn't necessarily a kind of career suicide, that actually there, there, is, an, there is an interest and an appetite for, for, uh, for work that speaks about um, difficult subject matter. Um, and as you say, I think we're also kind of waking up to, um, to an international audience that is, that is very ready um, to hear from us. Um, you know, and it's interesting because it's sort of coinciding with, with a mainstream audience that is also so opening up to gay narratives, um, you know, in the past, you know, gay films are always considered to be this very niche thing that that, yeah. that, that only speak to gay audiences. Yes. And suddenly, you know, this year the wound has been part of a bunch of films that are that are out internationally um, that have that have crossed over to to mainstream audiences. So I think you know, African film and queer film are sort of finding themselves in this in this moment where suddenly there is a, a kind of a spotlight and a, and a renewed interest. Um, um, and the wound is very fortunate to be to be straddling both of those um, movements um, because it's so. So I think you know timing has a lot to do with with the, the the reception to the film and the success of the film. Well, thanks a lot for for joining us. We hope that we're going to have more of, of of these conversations and that when you're in, in, in South Africa, we, we can continue from where we left off. We're going to leave some time for the guests in the studio as well to engage in the narrative. And well done on your, on your achievements and all the best for future productions and everything that you're working on next. Thank you so much. And thank you for the opportunity to speak about the sort of, you know, more deeper and interesting aspects of the film. It's a welcome relief after, after all the controversy of the last week. Salavo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Closing the trailer are two characters, Gwanda and Golani, played by the famous singer and songwriter Nakani, who has received a lot of backlash on Twitter about selling the Kosa culture by taking part in shooting this film. Doing a tour in Europe, it has been very difficult to get him to come into studio. So we caught up with him online from overseas, and this is what he had to say. I think a lot of people who are sort of speaking negatively about the film and violently against the film haven't seen the film. So I don't really, I'm not really speaking from a place of any knowledge, but from ignorance. And, uh, and uh, assuming things about the film that are not necessarily true. For example, people assume that the film is an expose of the culture and that we are sullying the culture, right? And exposing it to yes. people that the culture should not be exposed to, which is a problem within itself within the closer community, but that's another conversation. <laughs> you know, so, uh, sort of elite um, information, which I have a problem with. But anyway, that's my own shit. And, but for me, the film was less, when I read the script, I realized that the film was less about the actual in- initiation and more about the wound of hyper and toxic masculinity hmm. and homophobia when put up against our traditions. Yes. Because people who are people who identify as um, not heterosexual, because there's a lot in between them, mm-hmm. are, are seen as people who shouldn't, number one, A, identify as that, or B, if they do practice same-sex sex, then they should be ashamed of it and not tell anyone about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the premise of the film. It starts sort of asking those questions. So what do we do when we put people who love the culture, who practice the culture diligently? Yes. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the two caregivers, not the, not the initiates. Yes. <laughs> um, and, but are uh, also victimized by the culture yes what do they do what do they what do they have Hmm. that's my answer for your question (laughs) (laughs) so do you think that you know with 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 how you know as as a society we've been conditioned there's a lot of people like for instance the character that you play that are living in the cultural Shadows who can't really come out, and 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 I use this deliberately as a double entendre, because oh. of 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 what we are taught about what being a man is and our role yeah. in society as a male figure. Completely, I mean, when I when I was doing the, I mean, and, and I'm going to keep on referring back to the script and referring back to the film, you know, and less and, and less to do with, um. Anyway, the point is, when I was preparing for the role, I went to spaces that I knew that those kind of guys were. I mean, like, these men who are practicing this idea of what masculinity is. Yes. So a lot of places where men drink. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting what clothes can do. It's interesting what a change in walk and sort of vocal timbre I can do. Hmm. You know, the performance of masculinity. Um, I was about to do the audition for the film and I went and I got the clothes, you know, that Polani, that I that I sort of thought Polani would wear. Okay. And, I, I, you know, 
I got a good, and I sat down and I watched people. And had I walked in there as Nakane, the reaction would have been different. But walking in as who I assumed Polani would be was a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, I so I fit in, and I was also performing masculinity because identity is a performance. Okay. Um, to the point that identity—I mean, we we practice it until it becomes second nature that we don't think it's a performance anymore, but it's a performance nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see how, for example, different clothes make us feel. You know, mm-hmm. when we put on a suit, suddenly our postures up and we walk differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and we speak different. You know, whereas when we're wearing jeans, we speak different. You know, yes, because of a sort of the shift in the performance of identity. Hmm. But those guys, I grew up around them. I grew up around those guys who um, who were obviously more f- fluid in their sexual desires. Maybe not identity. Mm-hmm. Their identity was completely heterosexual. Yes. Straight. Straight men. You know, very sort of hyper-masculine. Yeah. But their desires, but their sexual desires were much more fluid than what they would ever admit to. Yeah. Because those are the guys who came up to me when I was a teenager and were feeling me up. Hmm. You know? And then wake up in the morning and pretend like nothing happened. Hmm. You know? Those are the guys who were hitting on me when I was at Ndameni and joking. Do you know what I mean? Things like that. So I know those people personally. Which is an interesting part of this conversation. Yes. Because a lot of the argument from naysayers is that, has this happened to you? Because if it has happened to you, I mean, not to me, like, but like to, I was watching the ANN7 interview with Malusu Bengu. Okay. And one of the guys was like, if this has happened to you, then we can have another conversation. And I, I was watching the interview and my hand was lifting going, uh, hello. Um, and I'm not the only one that this has happened to. This has happened to a lot of, younger men who are given over to be taken care of uh-huh. um, and they uh, you know find themselves in compromising situations hmm. and not that the film's about that way. yeah but and and and, and, yeah. and don't you think it's an irony that a lot of these men that are supposed to instill a sense of masculinity into these boys who are the initiates who are doing these things, living double standard lives, are quite an ir- irony in themselves that there's certain things that they don't want to man up for, but they're expecting these kids to, to become men and learn from them. Well, well, because human beings are complicated. You know, we can, we can lie. One of the things that human beings are very good at is lying to themselves. I mean, <laughs> we are. Yeah. Could, and, and it takes an incredible amount of skill and practice, you know. Yeah. You repeat something to yourself enough until you believe it. Hmm. Um, I hate this. I hate the fact that homosexuals exist. But me sleeping with my friend does it, is not homosexual because we're men. You know, hmm. we're not going around there. We're not feminine. We're not because yeah, we're men. What we do is different hmm. because we don't identify as gay or bisexual or whatever. Yeah, you know, and that's the interesting thing about it is that it's the what I've realized in a lot of conversations before the film even existed. When I was a teenager and I'd come out of yeah. the closet, and I was talking to uh, male relatives. Yes, was that the act itself wasn't necessarily what people were against. It was you not being ashamed of it mm. that people were really sort of struck by. I was like, yeah, I sleep with men, and yeah, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I can tell you that. Mm. Deal with it. What do you, why is it your business, first of all? Because it has nothing to do with you, mm. right? Mm. Why do you care so much who I have in my bed? You know, I don't care who you fucking sleep with because you, it's your life. So it, it's interesting to me how, for example, those two characters can, live those devil lives because they can explain it to themselves you know and tell themselves that they're men and they're not actually gay they're not gay and maybe they're not gay because I mean and that's another another conversation like 
just because you sleep with other men doesn't necessarily mean you're gay. Hmm. I'm just problematizing this a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now we, we we're opening a, a different territory. So. To to someone uh, who's artist as artistic or wants to be as artistic as as, as you are, and I think, you know, this is relayed in, in in your music and your performance and in everything that you do, which I personally appreciate, and I know a lot of people that do. What kind Thank of you. message would you relay to someone that wants to be like you or someone like you that receives so much backlash for, you know, relaying important messages in society through their art? Um, I've been getting this question a lot recently. (laughs) And, um, no one should ever want to be like me. I don't, like, for example, the word that everyone uses now is influencer. Okay. Which really makes me uncomfortable. Um, I don't want to influence people to be like me because I'm still figuring it out. Okay. You know? Uh, come into my work and see yourself. That's the point of it. Okay. Don't see me. Hmm. You know, I'm, you know, I, I'm just a mouthpiece. Hmm. Yes, sure. There's agency. I made the work happen, and I made decisions, intellectual, emotional, and psychological decisions for the work to exist. But um, it's for you to see yourself and for you to do what you want to do. Hmm. You know. Um. But just know that it's going to be hard. People are assholes sometimes. People. (laughs) (laughs) And that's saying it lightly, you know. Yes. I mean, you know, I've been receiving these messages for about a year now. And I was was saying this to a friend of mine who I haven't spoken to in a long time. Who was like, are you okay? He's like, I am now. You know, like, someone can say fuck you for a year to the point where you're like, okay, like... (laughs) Really, like, what? It, it doesn't matter to me anymore. anymore. Yeah, and you I, know, you know what I mean. It yeah, just, it doesn't. Um, because anything, and the thing is that, like, it, this, this, this back, this, this behavior reveals nothing about me. More about the people who are sort of saying these things to me. But the point is that, like, so whoever wants to be sincere and open in their art, it needs to know that people, technology has given us platforms for people to to voice their opinions, however unqualified or, or maybe not, unqualified is not the right word because everyone's qualified in their opinion. However, um, maybe wrong or right they are. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you have to go out there knowing that it's, you know, it's going to get harsh. My drama teacher also used to remind us when I was in high school yeah. that once you put the work out there, it's no longer yours. People can do what they want to do with it. Hmm. Just do the best work that you can. Yazin. Which is hard yeah. because you spent like four years writing an album and then someone listens to it for 45 minutes and says, yeah, and it's a piece of shit. Exactly, yeah. right? But I do the same when I go to galleries. Someone has been making a painting for like eight years, and I look at it for 30 seconds, and I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so why would I expect any less? Yeah. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, well, It's something that I try to change, of course, but and to sort of engage with art. And yeah. engage with even things that I, don't, I, don't, I may not necessarily agree with. With more empathy. Hmm. Well, 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 thanks, yeah. thanks, thanks a lot for this. Uh, I think this is is going to be an eye opener for a, a lot of um, the masses that are going to be able to listen to your voice about uh, this matter. <laughs> not not the people you have to tell constantly that they should come back to you when they they start making sense. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first. I think this was my first reply. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to say, yeah, because I normally don't reply. I was just like, you know what, dude, this is not making any sense. Because this guy says, <laughs> you know, it is just, I, I was on the train. I was going to dinner to fr- with friends last night. And this guy says, 
it was bad enough that you came out with your sexuality. Now you're exposing our culture. And I was like, wait a minute. What are you saying? What? what, what? I'm actually not even going to think about this. Yeah. Come back to me when you when you've when you've made sense. I was just it was just it was it annoy it didn't even annoy me. It just I was like this is just stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 well thanks yeah. a lot, man. Thanks a lot for 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 hanging with us and all the best with, so with 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 uh, your tour in in the in the United Kingdom and hopefully maybe we can. Have a have a sit down and chat sometime when you when you're back in the country. Definitely, All definitely. Right. I'm excited. Okay. Thank you, man. Um, we'll, Cheers. We'll, we'll do that. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers. That thing is unsanitary for the proper community to take it seriously. Maybe this movie is what you, you need got, to you take have assimilated it seriously. So that's nonsense of saying there are proper channels, there are proper entertainment. This is CliffCentral.com. And that was John Trengove, the director of Ingeba and Nakanetorio, who's one of uh, the lead actors in the film. I think and hope that uh, through the conversation that we had, that it was an it was an eye opener to a different ball game of the narrative of what Inleba the movie is about and what it should stand for in society. As well, I think as a South African produced movie, guys, we should be having a lot of these outrages about movies from South Africa that are produced internationally, stealing our narrative. But go and see this one and have kind of a a perspective about the movie because I think a lot of people that uh, spoke bad about it are people that haven't seen the movie. Joining us on the line though is um, a young queer activist and a founder of of a queer um, NGO and that is someone that actually spoke for the movie and spoke for homophobia in the narrative that a lot of the people were, were expressing on Twitter during the last week and since the movie has aired at Stekeniko. Welcome to the studio and, and welcome to, to, to the leadership platform, Sivoile. Hi, 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 Bagani. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks a lot for, for hanging with us as well. My pleasure. You, you spoke a lot on, 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 on Twitter about homophobia from all the comments that, that a lot of the people were, ex- were expressing on Twitter. I'd like us uh-huh. to, to, to build now this conversation from that front and how this made you feel. What are your general thoughts and ideas on what was happening on the Twitter streets? Sorry, man, but I keep breaking. I'm sorry. Um, can you... Oh, I'm, I'm asking, Guti. I just wanted to, to, we want to find out your thoughts, um, since you were, you were, you were very opinionated about what was happening in the Twitter streets. The general idea okay. and thoughts that you have about what a lot of people had to say, especially with regards to what felt like homophobia. Okay, well, um, in regards to what felt like homophobia, it, it, well, I can't even say it felt like homophobia because it was blatant homophobia. Sure. Um, it, was, it was seen in the sense of people already judging something because of the, what the storyline entailed. Yeah. Um, it, wasn't about, it wasn't about anything else but what the storyline is. So when they heard about a homosexual relationship happening in a cultural setting, um, that's the thing that clicked to them, the homosexual aspect of it. So it wasn't, it, so people just um, pushed off after that. They didn't even want to engage any further, um, giving them countless opportunities to, to watch and engage and be able to form an informed opinion so that it could debate basically uh, properly about it. Um, so you'd find that people will really disregard you and... Um, even the slurs you get, because um, I remember I wrote a lot of a lot of threads about it, um, mm-hmm. and you 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 get the feedback from a lot of, uh, especially because I'm there from the Eastern Cape, um, because it was he and London and and other men who were very vocal about it and very and very very rude and very dismissive yes. um, on our experiences there. So just then, who who didn't even want to hear about it, but you would get yeah, the basic slurs that just came back. So yeah, the whole big aspect of it of it came in that sense that people just didn't want this kind of story being told in this kind of setting. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like you to to be a bit slow there so that we can we can hear every single word as as, as you uh, okay. express yourself. 
what what I wanna wanna find out as well, um, you know, during this conversation, a lot of what's happening and what's being revealed to the public is the acceptance of LGBT plus people in and within our society and being a democratic society it, it it's quite you know uh, a challenge to see people reacting like this to people that are part of a democratic society but can't be accepted or won't be accepted by certain people look it, it's 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 a process everything is a process um dismantling of apartheid is a process it took it takes it, it, it time for people to to accept different things that are different to them. Um, when I, I speak on LGBTI issues, I speak of how in 1994 we were included in the constitution of being accepted as being equal. But it took a further 11 years for us to be able to give it marriage rights, um, mm. even though it aren't even fully marriage rights. You know, they, they, they sort of amended there and there. So all these things, all these processes, even in this democratic um, process that we have, they all take time. And, and unfortunately, it, it would be nice if at the time would also translate to people's acceptance. But the difference is that people's acceptance is taking longer yeah. to, to, to infiltrate the society because now you, you see things that shouldn't be happening, especially um, in this generation that we in where we speak about everything, where everything is out in the open, where people have the opportunity to learn about new stuff, learn about gender, learn about sexuality, um, take time out to read a book, Google some words, and inform your mind. So we, we're living in that time that people just Equality now seems like something that is forceful to them, that we want to be seen in the same light, uh, because we are marginalized society, but they don't seem to be wanting to see us as people. So it, 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 it really is a tough, tough thing that we're going through, but we, we're still going on, and we're trying to fight for the inclusion of this. Hmm. And the, the, there's a lot of powerful one-liners that uh, Kwanda says in the, the movie. Kwanda. Yes. Um, and one of them is, how can love destroy a nation? You know, referring specifically to, uh, the queer love that, I mean, love, love essentially makes us gods because God is love. And just, just, just build, build from that. Build from that. What are, what are your thoughts there? No, no, it's, 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 no, honestly speaking, like love is universal. It's, it's so weird. But, um, what I have realized, um, especially when people are trying to marginalize us, is that our queer love is, is, is queer love is marginalized in the sense that everything about queer love has to be sexualized. So if mm. people get into that mindset of sexualizing everything, then they are now they have sections and things that they probably would never have done and stuff like that. So people don't want to look love as face maybe like a heterosexual kind of love. Our kind of love has to be bisexual and it has to be looked at a certain different kind. And for some people that for all the people for instance, um, I don't think that they want to know what happens in the bedroom or other people. They know what they did in the bedroom, but uh, it's, it's a different view what we do in the bedroom. So yeah. when you explain it like that and that's why that's why I always speak about I think sexualizing queer people. Because once you sexualize them, then now people are looking at the at the bedroom with the bedroom eyes and thinking, Oh God, this love is different because they do they do And that's not how you should look at it. Yeah. Queer how how can we conscientize people in 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 this regard to move to a South Africa? Because we we speak a lot of about uh, equality um, in this democratic society, and there's a lot of things that we still need to fix. Um, feminists are out there marching for their rights. Mm-hmm. The LGBT plus people are still out there marching, and, and and a lot of people still are fighting for inclusion. Twenty years later, into mm-hmm. a constitution that recognized all these people, but mm-hmm. we just didn't move in the direction of that recognition. And we didn't. And so what do you want to know, Barbara? So how uh, do we okay. conscientize, yes. Uh, okay. Um, uh, this is this is basic, this is one of the biggest uh, the biggest things that we struggle with right now. Um it's, it's trying to reach people who are unreachable. Yes. Um, and I say unreachable in the sense that people just push off. People will want to tell you that they want to learn, they want to know, and they want to to, to be to be to be to be well versed of the subject. That they just don't make themselves available when you do those things. Mm. So our biggest um, issue right now is reaching the people that we find. So <clears throat> what we're trying to do 
living on the Eastern Cape, for instance, as we try to align to our all the other marginalized groups. So we, when we have a probably a campaign, we'll do a whole new campaign focused on different things. And obviously, I will be there as well. So that when young minds go there, they don't necessarily go with all else sensitization also. Um, only they're going for other types of sensitization that obviously try as well. Yes. So sort of like an inclusion into other programs that could make people now and say, okay, oh, you know what? I went there for HIV AIDS, uh, the place. I came back knowing A, B, and C. And yeah. all these people are so because I didn't know this and this and this. And that's what we're trying to achieve. With it. That's what the campaign we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and how do people follow the narrative like uh, yourself and the organization? Um, my organization is called Caper for All. Um, we're based in East London and Tanzania. Um, <laughs> but we work with the Pacific, uh, the Pacific City Metro. Um, we've got a website, www.caterforall.org.za. And uh, yeah, we're on social media, uh, Facebook, www.caterforall, uh, um, Twitter, www.caterforall, underscore NGO. And that's, yeah, because I know we don't take pictures because we work with marginalized and vulnerable people, so we don't have Instagram. Cause we don't like putting their pictures out there because some of them are positive. I see. Going through stuff here. Yeah. So and we really don't share much of pictures. Mm. And, and and your personal um, social media accounts? My name is Sigwile Mchemla, and that's where you can find me on Facebook. And on Twitter, I am Sleigwile. That's S-L-A-Y-S-L-A-Y. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the YLP. And, you know, all the best with trying to change a lot of these narratives and helping really our society be more embracing of different people that you make this rainbow nation really what it is a rainbow nation and exactly. yeah and, <laughs> and 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 moving into a direction where no one really has to explain who they are what they are or try to fit in or belong or you know fight for certain kind of rights um relative to them thank thank you very much for for, for joining us now and thank you for having me. Thank you for this opportunity, Mulani. All right. And thank you for speaking on the movie and and speaking on all these issues that have been. No, it's 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 our pleasure. We pride ourselves as, as as young leaders, and conversations like these are needed much in in society. To our listeners, the conversation still continues on at YLP Cliff Central on Twitter and Instagram, at the Youth Leadership Platform on Facebook. Myself, Bongani Tao, at Simply Bongani across all social media. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we have some exciting episodes coming up and guests that are coming up so you want to stay tuned to the youth leadership platform this is cliffcentral.com